Um, and I don't really compare myself to anyone. Um, I mean, it's not. Um, I mean, there's certain people that I admire from history that I think are, you know, I think are great. Um, sort of certainly many of the scientists and engineers and literary figures and so forth. Um, and uh, like, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of uh, Ben Franklin. You know, he was a scientist and sort of thinker. And yeah, I mean, he was the kind of guy who, who did, did did what needed to be done. You know, so. I, Guys like that, I right. wouldn't say I compare myself in any way, but I, I certainly admire them. Hey, hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, hey, good morning, hey, good evening, I'm good afternoon, vacation. good whatever, and welcome to another episode of Role Model. You've come to the right place if you want to become a happier, healthier, and more successful person. Ugh, today's episode is, as always, on fire, Elon Musk steps by for the three and a half people here who don't know who Elon Musk is. He's an entrepreneur, industrial designer and engineer. He's also the richest man alive and will definitely deliver some value today. Today you will hear his top rules for success. He talks about why it's so important to act despite fear why you don't need a college degree in order to be successful and obviously it's Elon Musk he will talk about the importance of hard work before we start the episode please make sure to leave a review for this podcast if it brings value to your life takes maybe seven and a half seconds helps me a lot to reach more people to spread The message supports the podcast a lot, so make sure to leave a review. The entire video is on YouTube. There is an incredible YouTube channel that I highly, highly recommend. Um, Evan makes incredible videos, and he also um, yeah, created this compilation of all yeah the clips that you are going to listen to. So make sure to subscribe. Make sure to check out his channel so much value. If you like this podcast, you will like his channel. So make sure um, to check that out. And now, without further ado, here is Elon Musk. Depending on how well you want to do, and particularly if you're starting a company, you need to work super hard. So what, what does super hard mean? Um, well, when my brother and I were starting our first company, Uh, in, instead of getting an apartment, we just rented a, a small office and we slept on the couch. Uh, and we, we showered at the, the YMCA and uh, we're, we're so hot up we had one computer. So the, 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 the website was up during the day uh, and I was coding at night. Seven days a week, all the time. Um, and I, I uh, sort of briefly had a girlfriend in that period and in order to be with me, she had to sleep in the office. So. Uh, Work hard, like, it, 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 I mean, every waking hour. That's that's the the thing I would I would say. If if you particularly if you're starting a company, um, and I mean, if you do simple math, say like, okay, if somebody else is working 50 hours and you're working 100, uh, you'll get twice as done as much done in the course of a year as the, as uh, the other company. Rule number two: Have a great product. You got to make sure that whatever you're doing is a great product or service. It, it has to be really great. And I go back to what I was saying earlier where um, if you're a new company, I mean, unless it's like some new industry or, or new market that 
if it's an untapped market, or then then uh, you have more ability to yeah, this this the standard is lower for your product or service. But if you're entering anything where there's an existing marketplace against large entrenched competitors, then your product or service needs to be much better than theirs. It can't be a little bit better because then you put yourself in the shoes of the consumer and they say, why would you buy it as a consumer? You're always going to buy the trusted brand unless there's a big difference. So a lot of times, uh, you know, an entrepreneur will come up with something which is only slightly better. Um, and it's, it's not, it can't just be slightly better. It's got to be a lot better. Rule number three, attract great people. If you're creating a company or if you're joining a company, uh, the most important thing is to, uh, is to attract great people. So either be with, join a group that's amazing, that you really respect, or if, you, if you're building a company, you've got to gather great people. I mean, all a company is is a group of people that have gathered together to create a product or service. And so depending upon how talented and hardworking that group is and the degree to which they are focused uh, cohesively in, in a good direction, that will determine the success of the company. So do everything you can to, to gather great people uh, if, if you're creating a company. Rule number four, look for problem solvers. When I interview someone to work at the company, it would be to ask them to tell me about the problems that they worked on and how they solved them. And... If, if someone was really the, the person that solved it, they'll be able to answer multiple levels. They'll be able to go down to the brass tacks. And if they weren't, they'll get stuck. And then you can say, oh, this person was not really the person who solved it, because anyone who struggled hard with a problem never forgets it. Also, if you want to have more confidence, check out my 254 series. It's free. The link to join is in the description below. There are just times when something is important enough, you believe in it enough, that you, you do it in spite of the fear. Rule number five, focus on signal over noise. Focus on, on signal over noise. Um, a lot of companies get, get confused. They, they spend money on things that don't actually make the product better. For example, at, at Tesla, we've, we've never spent any money on advertising. Um, we, we put all of the money into R&D and, and manufacturing and design to try to make the car as good as possible. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's the way to go. For, for any given company, just can, can keep thinking about, are these efforts that p people are, are expending, are they resulting in a better product or service? And if they're not, stop those efforts. Rule number six, do something important. How did you figure you were going to start a car company and be successful at it? Well, I, I didn't really think Tesla would be successful. I thought we would most likely fail. But I thought that we at least uh, could address the false perception that people had that an electric car had to be ugly and slow and, and boring like a golf cart. But you say you didn't expect the company to be successful? Then why try? If something's important enough, you should try, even if you, the probable outcome is failure. Rule number seven, take a risk. Now is the time to take risk. You don't have kids. As you get older, your obligations increase. So, the, and once you have a family, you start taking risk not just for yourself but for your family as well. It gets much harder to uh, do things that might not work out. Um, so now is the time to do that uh, before you before you have those obligations. So I would I would encourage you to take risks now. Do something bold. Um, you won't regret it. Rule number eight: Don't listen to the little man. So many people tried to talk me out of starting a ride company, it was, it was crazy. One good friend of mine collected a whole series of videos of rockets blowing up and made me watch those. He just didn't want me to lose all my money.
We're doing these things that uh, seem unlikely to succeed, and we've been fortunate, and at least thus far, they have succeeded. Rule number nine: Really like what you do. Really liking what you do, what, whatever area that you get into, um, given that you know, even if you if you're the best, the best, there's always a chance of failure. So I think it's important that you really like whatever you're doing. Um, if, if you don't like it, life is too short. If you like what you're doing, you think about it even when you're not working. I mean, you, it'll just—it's—it's it's something that your mind is drawn to, um, and and if you don't like it, you, you just really can't make it work. I think. Rule number ten: Never give up. That third failure in a row. Did you think, I need to pack this in? Never. Why not? I don't ever give up. I'd have to be dead or completely incapacitated. Rule number eleven: Act despite fear. We're unusually fearless and. Willing to go in the face of other people telling you something is crazy, and I know a lot of pretty crazy people. You still stand out.、Uh, where does that come from, or how do you think about making a decision when everyone tells you this is a crazy idea? Or where do you get the internal strength to do that? Well, first of all, I'd say I actually think I, I think I fear, feel fear quite strongly.、Um, so it's not as though I just have the absence of fear. I, I feel it quite strongly.、Um, but there, there are just times when. Something is important enough. You believe in it enough that you you do it in spite of the fear. So speaking so, of important things, like people shouldn't think I I I, I should. People shouldn't think. Well, I feel fear about this, and therefore I shouldn't do it.、Um, it's normal to be to feel fear. Like you'd have to definitely something mentally wrong if you didn't feel fear.、Um, so you just feel it and let the importance of it drive you to do it anyway. Yeah, I, you know, I, actually, something that can be helpful is fatalism. Uh, some degree,、um, if you just if you just accept the probabilities,、um, then that diminishes fear.、Uh, so,、um, when starting SpaceX, I thought the odds of success were less than ten percent,、um, and I just accepted that actually probably I would just lose lose everything,、um, but that maybe we would make some progress if we could just move the ball forward, even if we died, maybe. Some other company could pick up the baton and move and keep moving it forward,、um, so that we still do some good.、Um, yeah, same with Tesla. I thought you know, the odds of a car company succeeding were extremely low. Rule number twelve: Focus on the customers. I would、uh, definitely advise people who are starting a company to expect a, a, a long period of quite high difficulty. Yeah.、Um, but I mean, as long as Uh, people stay super focused on creating the absolute best product or service that really delights their end customer. Like if they stay focused on that, then、um, if, if you basically if, if if you get it such that your customers want you to、mm. succeed,、mm. then then you probably will. All right,、uh, you have to focus on the customer and delivering for them. Yeah, make yeah. sure if your customers love you, you will, your odds of success are dramatically higher.、Yeah. Rule number thirteen: Have a high pain threshold. One does have to be focused on the short term and money coming in when creating a company, because otherwise the company will will die. So the, the I think that a lot of times people think like creating a company is going to be fun. I would say it's not. It's really not that fun. I mean, there are periods of fun, and there are, there are periods of where it's where it's just awful.、Um, and particularly if you're the CEO of the company,、um, you actually have a distillation of all the worst problems in the company. Um, there's no point in spending your time on things that are going right. So you only spend on things on your time on things that are going wrong. 
and, and there are things that are going wrong that other people can't, can't take care of. So you have like the worst. You have a filter for the crappiest problem in the company. <laughs> the most pernicious and painful problem. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, it's it, I think you have to feel quite compelled to do it um, and have a, a fairly high pain threshold. And there's a friend of mine who, who says like starting a company is like staring into the abyss and, and eating glass. Um, and there's some truth to that. Um, the staring into the abyss part is that you're going to be constantly facing the, the um, extermination of the company. Because uh, most, most startups fail. Uh, it's like 90%, ugly 99% of, of startups fail. So, uh, so you, you, that, that's the staring into the abyss part. You're constantly saying, okay, this, if, if, if I don't get this right, the company will die. Um, it's going to be quite stressful. Quite stressful. And, and then um, the eating glass part is you've got, you've got to do you've got to do the problems you've got to, you've got to work on the problems that the company needs you to work on not the problems you want to work on and, and so that, that, that's you end up working on problems that, that uh, you'd really wish you weren't working on and so that's, that's the eating glass part um, and that goes on for a long time so how do you keep your focus on the big picture when you're constantly faced with we could be out of business in a month Well, it's it's just a very small percentage of mental energy is on the on the big picture. Like you know you know you know where you, you're generally head, heading for, and and the, the actual path is going to be some sort of zigzaggy thing in that direction. Um, and try not to deviate too far from the path that that, that you want to be on, but you're going to have to do that to some degree. Um, but I, I don't want to I don't want to diminish the. I mean I think the pro, the profit motive is a is a is a good one if the rules of an industry are properly set up. So there's nothing fundamentally wrong with profit. In fact, profit just means that uh, people are paying you more for the, the, whatever you're doing than you're spending to create it. That's a good thing. <laughs> and and if, if, you're not, if, if that's not the case, then you'll be out of business, and rightfully so. Because you're, you're, you're not adding enough value. Rule number 14, be rigorous in self-analysis. I, first of all, I really need to give some thought to like, how can I provide advice that would be most helpful? And I'm not sure I've given enough thought to, to, to that to give you the best possible answer. But I think, um, I think certainly uh, being focused on something that you're confident will have high value to someone else um, and just being really rigorous in making that assessment mm-hmm. um, because people are, tend, tend to... A natural human tendency is wishful thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So a, a challenge for entrepreneurs is to say, well, what's the difference between really believing in your ideals and sticking, sticking to them versus pursuing some unrealistic dream that right. doesn't actually have merit? And it's, it's, that, is a, it, that is a really difficult thing to, to tell. You, can you tell the difference between those two things? Right. You know? So you need to be sort of very rigorous um, in, in your self, uh, self-analysis. Um, I think certainly extremely tenacious uh, and... Um, and then just work like hell. I mean, you just have to put in, you know, 80 hour, 80 to 100 hour weeks every week. And then a lot of work. That, that, that all those things improve the odds of success. Okay. Um, right. I mean, if, 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 if other people are putting in 40 hour work weeks and you're putting in 100 hour work weeks, then even if uh, you're doing the same thing, you know that in, in one year you will achieve what they achieve. You, you, you will achieve in four months what it takes them 
a year to achieve. Rule number 15, expect to fail. So failures are not the most terrible things. Uh, well, you have to learn from it and react to it. Yeah, exactly. When you're building something new, there's mm -hmm. going to be mistakes. Yeah. Um, and it's important to, to recognize those mistakes, acknowledge them, and take corrective action. Okay. Um, and the success of a company is very much more about how quick are you to fix the mistakes, mm. not will you make mistakes. Or, or admit mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you see the difference between a startup that is successful and one that is not, and it's mm. because the successful one, they both made mistakes, but the successful one recognized the mistakes, fixed them very quickly, and the, the unsuccessful one tries to deny that the mistakes exist. You know, extremely smart people are sometimes quite arrogant because they believe in what they believe in, right? And so when they face criticism, it's less likely to admit, you know, they, they can make mistakes. Uh, was that in your case? I learned it when I was doing, uh, when I was studying physics. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, you know, in, in physics, you're taught to always question yourself. You're taught to always assume that you're wrong, not assume that you're right. And you have to prove yourself not not wrong, um, and so I think that, that that physics framework is really where where I learned it, and um, it's very effective for under, for learning counterintuitive things that aren't obvious. Mm -hmm. So you are very famous in saying that failure is actually an option, and if you're not sure. failing, that means you are not innovative enough. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I like failure. I mean, who likes mm -hmm. failure? It's terrible. Yeah. But if you only do things that are certain to succeed, then you're only going to be doing very obvious things. Mm. Rule number sixteen: Have a sense of humor. Question that has been discussed over the past couple of days. Should we be considering one trips, one way only trips to Mars? Uh, what's the best uh, approach to, to colonize uh, the planet? Is it, uh, what's your view? Is that socially acceptable? Do you think people will sign up to do it? I think there's plenty of people who have signed up for a one way trip to Mars. Um, <laughs> but, but, Maybe but, if I could, we could have a show of hands, who would consider such an option? I see some, not many, but perhaps enough for a couple of missions. So it's certainly, <laughs> certainly be enough. I, mean, I think it's sort of like, is, is it a one-way mission and then you die? Or is it one-way mission and you get resupplied? That's a big difference. Really good. <laughs> Wait for the second option. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's a, it ends up being a moot point because you, you want to bring the spaceship back. Like, these spaceships are expensive, okay? They're hard to build. <laughs> you can't just leave them there. <laughs> so whether or not people want to come back or not is kind of, like, they can jump on if they want, but they need the spaceship back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, there's, like, a huge collection of spaceships on Mars over time. It's like, <laughs> like, maybe we should send them back. I mean, of course we should send them back. Rule number 17, aim for perfection. Now, with Tesla, your goal has been to make a better car, and you've done that with an electric vehicle that people covet, that has quite a cult following, um, that's upgradable, um, but you also want to achieve, and your turn of phrase is very nice, um, or, or try to achieve this platonic ideal of a car, right, to reach uh, yeah. perfection. So what does the perfect car look like? Well, I mean, I do, I do use that phrase with our engineering design team that aspirationally um, we're in pursuit of the platonic ideal of the perfect car. Yeah. Um, and um, who knows what that looks like actually, but it's, it, I, you, you want to try to make every element of the car um, as, as flawless as possible. Um, and there will always be you know, some um, degree of imperfection, but 
um, try to minimize that um, and, and create a car that is just delightful in every way. Um, and I think if you do that, then the, the rest kind of takes care of itself. Rule number 18, do your chores. So being innovative can be very exciting life. But doing business sometimes requires you know, persistence and sometimes yeah. could be very boring. Uh, do you have the same fun from innovation as from business, running a business? Um, well, I mean, or would I guess, you rather to be yeah. just an innovator, engineer, instead of a business owner or runner? I mean, I'd love to just do innovation and just do engineering. Yeah. Um, but you raise a good point because, you know, a lot of life in general, in any job, there's like you have to do your chores. Mm-hmm. You know, there's because no nobody else can do that for you. Right? Well, it's yeah. To be, <laughs> I think to be successful at almost anything, you can't. It, you have to do the tough stuff and as well as the enjoyable stuff. You have to do the boring stuff as well as the non-boring stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do your chores, then bad things will happen. But yeah. if they don't do the things that they don't like to do, then the company will be in trouble. Yeah. Like you have to, t- you, you basically, like it's more fun to cook the meal than to, 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 to clean the dishes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you need to clean the dishes. <laughs> you need to do both. Yes, you need to do both, exactly. Rule number 19, be an adventurer. Uh, 2001, with just, just touring a friend of mine, and he asked me, he asked me what I was going to do after PayPal, and I thought, well, you know, I was wondering, like, um, I'd like to get involved in space, but I, I just didn't think there was anything I could do as an individual. Um, and, uh, but I was curious as to when, we'd, when we'd, NASA would be sending a, a, a team to Mars, because that was always going to be the thing to do after the moon. Um, I figured that, that there'd be some plan, and I'd just go to the website, and, and I could read the, you know, the schedule. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> Then Mars so, Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, 2017. Good. Okay. Um, but, but actually, there wasn't anything on, on the website. And, um, <laughs> or at least I thought, like, am I, can I not find it? Like, what's going on here? Um, and is it secret? I don't know. Uh, so, but it turned out that, um, that NASA had done a study on what it would cost to send, to, to do a um, manned Mars mission. And uh, this was under Bush the first. And, uh, in his post, he asked for a 90-day study shortly after uh, taking office, and NASA came back with a $500 billion price tag. And he said, okay, maybe not. Billions uh, would be. That's yeah. when $500 mm-hmm. billion was serious money um, <laughs> uh, for the government. Um, so, uh, so, so then that got totally shelved, and it was like, you were not allowed to talk about any kind of crewed mission to Mars at NASA. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, but I thought, well... Uh, if I can do something that would um, galvanize public interest, that and, and then that public interest would translate to uh, additional appropriations for NASA and increase the, their budget, then then maybe they could do it. So the first, so actually, what I sort of thinking I would do is uh, send a, a small greenhouse to the surface of Mars with seeds and dehydrated gel, and then upon landing, hydrate the gel, or grow the plants. And the public tends to respond to precedents and superlatives. So this would be the furthest that life's ever traveled, the first life on Mars. I tried to try to figure out how to do this with the proceeds that I had from from PayPal, um, and uh, I was able to figure out how to get the cost of the the spacecraft down and the communications and and, and the um, little greenhouse and everything. But the one thing I couldn't compress was the cost of launch because mm-hmm. there are only a few options, and the U.S. options are way too expensive. Um, and so I ended up going to Russia three times to try to buy. Uh, the, the biggest ICBM in the Russian nuclear fleet. Um, That's where I'd start. Yeah, yeah. Go big that or go was, home. Uh, right? yeah. I mean, okay. You know, <laughs> they, they, um, it, it was uh, there was some strange trips. That's for sure. Um, 
Uh, but you know, it's like virtually, like you can buy any. It's a very capitalist society in <laughs> some ways. Uh, um, so I actually did negotiate a deal to, to buy two of the ICBMs minus the nukes. Um, and, um, but, but I came to the conclusion after that third trip that um, it, it wouldn't really matter. Like if, if we, I actually came to the conclusion that my initial premise was, was, was wrong um, because I actually think there's, there's a tremendous amount of will uh, in the American population particularly uh, to, uh, to explore. Um, uh, the United States, you know, maybe more than any other country, um, is a distillation of the human spirit of exploration. Um, and it's really fundamental to psyche. So if people think there's a way, I think it would actually get a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, they need, it, it can't be just banging your head against the wall. You've got to believe that this can be done without mm-hmm. breaking the federal budget. Um, so uh, that's when I said, okay, well, is there some way to affect the cost of space transport? And, uh, and, is, or, and, and so I, I got together with a group of people over a series of Saturdays just to just try to understand, is there something super ex- fundamentally super expensive about rockets, or, or can the cost be substantially improved? Um, and um, I had, we had a bunch of those kind of brainstorming sessions, and I couldn't see... I couldn't see any fundamental obstacle to improving the cost of rockets, so mm-hmm. that, that's when I started SpaceX. It's like, I'll just build them myself. And, um, yeah. And then... But like I said, at that point, mm-hmm. I would say the, the probability of success was definitely less than 50%. I thought it would most likely mm-hmm. not succeed. Um, but it was worth a try. Rule number 20, inspire greatness. You're the CEO of SpaceX, and you, you've said that your ultimate goal is to get humankind to Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've heard your response to the question, but these guys need to hear it. Why is Mars important? Why does Mars matter? Sure. Well, I think the, it's, it's really a fundamental decision we need to make um, as a civilization. Uh, you know, what, what kind of future do we want? Do we want a future where we are forever confined to one planet until some eventual extinction event, however far in the future that might occur? Um, or do we want to become a multi-planet species um, and, and then ultimately be out there among the stars and be among many planets, many star systems? And I think the latter is a far more exciting and inspiring future than the former. Um, and, and Mars is the next uh, natural step. Um, in fact, it's the only planet we really have a shot at, at establishing a self-sustaining city on. Um, and, uh, and I think once we do establish such a city, there will be a strong forcing function for the improvement of spaceflight technology that will then enable us to uh, establish colonies elsewhere in the solar system and ultimately extend beyond, the, beyond our solar system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so there's the defensive reason of uh, protecting the future of humanity, ensuring that the light of consciousness is not extinguished uh, should some calamity befall Earth. Uh, but also, and, and that, that's the defensive reason. But personally, I find... The more, the, what what um, gets me more excited is, is the fact that this would be an incredible adventure. Mm. I mean, it would be like the greatest adventure ever. Mm. Mm. Um, and it, it would be exciting and inspiring. And there need to be things that excite and inspire people. Yeah. You have to be, you know, reasons why you get up in the morning. It can't just be solving problems. It's got to be, yeah, something, something great is going to happen in the future. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this at length yesterday. It's, it's not an exit strategy or a backup plan right. for humankind <laughs> no. when Earth fails. Right. It's also to inspire people on Earth, yeah. right, and to transcend and to, think, to go beyond our um, mental limits of what we think we can achieve. Right. I mean, you think of sort of how incredible the Apollo program was. And just, yeah. I mean, if, if you ask anyone and say, 
name, name some of humanity's greatest achievements of yeah. the 20th century, the, the Apollo program landing on the moon would, would in many if not most places be number one. Rule number 21, take risks. One of the most difficult choices I've ever faced uh, in life was, was in 2008. Um, and um, I think I had uh, like a, maybe $30 million left, or $30 or $40 million left in 2008, and I had two choices. I could put it all into one company, and then the other company would definitely die, um, or split it between the two companies. And, but if I split it between two companies, then both might die. Um, and you know, when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating something, or building something, it's like a child. Um, and so it's like, which one am I going to let one starve to death? I couldn't bring myself to do it, so I, put, I, I split the money between the two. Fortunately, thank goodness, uh, they both came through. Rule number 22, create magic. I've heard people say, listen, he's an out-of-the-box thinker, he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, but people that know really you say... He's a businessman, I wouldn't say. You would say? I'm not really a businessman. You're not businessman, a businessman? Really. No? No. What are you? Um, I'm sure there's probably lots of analysts on what? Wall Street who agree that I'm not a businessman. Okay, well, what do you think you are? Um, I'm, like, I'm an engineer. An engineer? Yeah. Is it your dream to conquer the world and make the world a better place to, what is your dream? Like technology is like magic, you know? It's close, I mean, I think like technology is the closest thing to magic that we have in the real world. And so, I think like engineering, creative engineering is, is essentially technology development. Um, and um, I guess maybe when I was, when I was a kid, I, like Lord of the Rings is my favorite book. Is it? Yeah, and I thought it would be like, what's the closest thing to being a wizard uh, in the real world? And that's like creating new technologies. Rule number 23, don't rely on wishful thinking. Young people globally who want to be like Elon Musk, what's your advice to them? I think that probably they shouldn't want to be. <laughs> you? <laughs> it, it, I think it sounds better than it is. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, not as much fun being me as you'd think. I don't know. You don't think so? No. There's definitely, it could be worse for sure. <laughs> But it's, um, I, I, I'm not sure I would, I'm not sure I want to be me. Okay. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if, uh, you know, I, I think advice, I mean, if you want to make progress in things, I think that um, the, the, the best analytical framework for understanding the future is physics. Um, I'd recommend studying the, uh, the the thinking process around physics, like not, not just not, not not the equations. I mean, the equations certainly they're helpful, but the the, the way of thinking in physics is the, it's the best framework for understanding things that are counterintuitive. Um, and um, and you know, always taking the position that you are to some degree wrong and your goal is to be less wrong over time. Um, the, I think one of the biggest mistakes people generally make, and I'm guilty of it too, is wishful thinking. You know, like you want something to be true even if it isn't true. Um, and so you ignore the things that, uh, you, you ignore the real truth because of what you want to be true. Um, 
this is a very difficult trap to avoid. Um, and like I said, it's certainly one that I uh, find myself in having problems with. But if you just take that approach of you're always to some degree wrong and your goal is to be less wrong and, and solicit critical feedback, particularly from friends. Like friends, particularly friends, if somebody loves you, they want the best for you. They don't want to tell you the bad things. Um, so you have to ask them, you know, and say, really, I really do want to know. <laughs> and, and then they'll tell you. Rule number 24, survive failures. What was your biggest failure and how did it change you? Well, I have to really think hard about that. Failure. Never heard of it. <laughs> there's, there's your answer. <laughs> um, well, there's a ton of failures along the way, that's for sure. Um, like I said, for, as, as I said, for, for SpaceX, the first three launches failed. And uh, we, we, actually, we were just barely able to scrape together enough parts and, and money to do the, the fourth launch. If that fourth launch had failed, we would have been dead. So multiple failures along the way. Um, I, I tried very hard to, to get the right expertise in for, for SpaceX. I tried hard to, to find a great uh, chief engineer for the rocket, but it, not, the good chief engineers wouldn't join, and the bad ones, well, there was no, no point in hiring them. So I ended up being chief engineer of the rocket. Um, so if I could have found somebody better, then we would have maybe had less than three failures. Rule number 25, solve big problems. His interest in our energy crisis started last year. When South Australia, a state already heavily invested in wind and solar power, was plunged into darkness. The result of a massive storm that saw the state lose power. Elon Musk tweeted headfirst into a national political brawl when fellow billionaire Australian IT whiz Mike Cannon-Brooks questioned Tesla's boast that it could help solve South Australia's energy problems by building the world's biggest battery. Why did you do that? There was no idea of what would happen afterwards. Um, just more if people make big claims like that, I'd like to check if they're real. You thought I was joking. Um, of course, I had to check on it with my team, it's like, I hope I, I didn't really say something super crazy. When you get a return tweet from Elon saying, yeah, what did you think? Um, sweet, just checking his kosher. You know, he, he, he says it's gonna happen, make it, let's make it happen, right? So, um, this is a, these are public tweets. Uh, yeah, and, but in a way, that's, that's part of what locks in the guarantee, right? He's putting his reputation online in a public forum there that you know, enough noise was then created around it, enough people saw that, that it was like, all right, that, that you know, he, he better get that done. More than ever, Australians are struggling to pay for their power. A record number of families are on hardship plans or deferred payments, and the rate of disconnections in most states has risen sharply. For Elon Musk, learning of this growing power poverty is overwhelming. Cost of power is making it almost a luxury item. Wow. Really? Is really? That, I don't know if it's that expensive. Australia has so many natural resources. I mean, even if you go the fossil fuel route, uh, the electricity should be very cheap. 
There are Australians today wondering if they can even turn on their lights. There are Australians today wondering, um, well, should we go without some food? Sure. In, in, that's just not something you would ever expect. I did not expect that. Hmm. We were caught a... It's necessarily true that we will live on renewables. It's just a question of when. In fact, it's, 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 it's in the definition that um, if, if it's not renewable, that means it's, it's going to run out at some point and you will have the choice of collapse of civilization and um, into the dark ages we go, or find something that is renewable. So all of this is about um, saving ourselves. Yeah. If Elon Musk had his way, the world would be totally powered by renewables and he'd be colonising Mars. He is a big picture man with big plans. But it might be his push for the modest lithium battery will prove to be one of the more significant steps in this electric revolution. You have been seen as a catalyst, somebody that is showing, gosh, there is, a, there is another way. Yeah. And that's, that's a great thing. People in Australia should be, should be proud of the fact that Australia has the world's biggest battery. This is pretty great. Um, and that it will serve as an inspiration really to the whole world as well to, to say that this is possible. Rule number 26, commit fully. This is widely regarded as one of the most robotics-driven auto assembly lines on the planet. Elon, part of the thing I heard about the Model 3 is that there's too many robots. That maybe yeah, yeah, I agree. You, do, you think so, too? That yeah. maybe you need more people in here working. We do. In some cases, the robots actually slowed the production, right? Yes, they did. We had this crazy complex uh, network of conveyor belts, and it was not working. So we got rid of that whole thing. This is cool, Elon. Yeah. Realizing it needed an overhaul, Musk personally took over the Model 3 production line at the beginning of April. They're aiming for really extreme levels of precision uh, more than any other vehicle in the world. He says he has resorted to pulling all-nighters at the plant. When things get really intense, I don't have time to go home and shower and change, so I just sleep here. I want to see. Where is that? Oh, uh, yeah. So I want to see. Um, I mean, it's pretty boring overall, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually cold in here too. Yeah, I like it cold. So you have a, you like it cold? I sleep on the couch over there. So you're just laying here on yeah. the couch. Yeah. Last time I was here, I actually slept literally on the floor because the couch was too narrow. Yeah, I was going to say. And Elon, I have to say, it's not even a comfortable couch either. No, it's terrible. <laughs> this is a, not a good couch. Musk feels like all the overtime is paying off, and now he says the Model Three line is back on track. And we're able to un unlock some of the critical things that were holding us back. Um, from reaching 2,000 cars a week. But since then, we've continued to do 2,000 cars a week. Do you think that this is sustainable? This pace yeah. is sustainable? Yeah. Rule number 27, be a doer. When you first told me that you were thinking about tunnels. Yeah, when, when did I first tell you about that? Years ago. Okay, it's like a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I thought you were joking. Yeah, yeah, it was, I was joking. But the, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's not because of some epiphany that I had one day um, driving down the 405. Um, that's how it gets translated somehow. I was talking about tunnels for years and years. Um, for probably five years or four years at least, whenever I'd give a talk and people would ask me about what opportunities do you see in the world, I'd say, tunnels, can someone please build tunnels? <laughs> so after four or five years of begging people to build tunnels, 
and still no tunnels. I was like, okay, I want to build a tunnel. <laughs> so like maybe, maybe I'm missing something here. Um, so um, yeah, so I was like basically talking people's ears off of tunnels for, for several years, and then said, well, let's find out what it takes to build a tunnel. And um, yeah, so I started digging a tunnel. I wanted to start the tunnel. Uh, from where I could see it from my office at SpaceX. So I, start, I said, well, let's just carve off a part of the parking lot across the road so I can see if, it's, if anything's happening or not. <laughs> um, and then we named our first boring machine uh, Godot because <laughs> I kept waiting for it. It never came. <laughs> um, finally it did. Um, and, and we got it going. And um, now we're making good progress. Rule number 28, don't fear fear too much. What motivations do people need to harness to try to make change as opposed to just reading about change? Um, and that's not supposed to be an easy question. I don't yeah. mean, like, oh, it's, it's this. Well, um, like I said, I think um, if, if, you, if, if you study engineering and, and you figure out how to design new things, um, then um, it's relatively easy to start a company. Um, you just need to get a few like-minded people um, with you, and, and then focus on creating a prototype, a compelling prototype as soon as possible, um, and then the, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a strong venture uh, capital industry in this, in this country that will give you funding to take things to the next level, um, and that, that's all there is to it. Um, and, and you, you might, if you know, try it a few times, you might, may or may not succeed, but um, I think sometimes people fear, fear starting a company too much. Um, you know, you have to say, really, what's the worst that could, could go wrong? You're not going to starve to death, you know, you're not going to die of exposure, um, What's the worst that could go wrong? Rule number 29, push the limits. How do you come with this idea, actually? Sometimes they're pushing the human limit. You are always pushing the human limit. Why? Well, <clears throat> I, 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 mean, I, th I think about what's, what technology solution is necessary in order to achieve the particular goal and then try to make as much progress in that direction as possible. I think the, the, being a multi-planet species, being out there among the stars, is important for uh, the long-term survival of humanity. And uh, that's one reason, kind of like life insurance for life collectively, life as we know it. Um, but then the part that I find personally most motivating is that it creates a sense of adventure and it makes people excited about the future. Um, and if you consider two futures, one where uh, we are forever confined to Earth until eventually something terrible happens, or another future where we are out there on many planets, maybe even going beyond the solar system, um, I think that second version is incredibly exciting and inspiring, and there need to be reasons to get up in the morning. You know, life can't just be about solving problems. Otherwise, what's the point? There's got to be things that people find inspiring uh, and make life worth living. Rule number 30, have fun. Come with me when Moonbirds hits the sky. And you walk with me along the bio bio. Okay, all together now. My little buttercup. My little buttercup. Has the sweetest. My little buttercup. 
My little buttercup, why do you stay a while? Won't you stay a while? <laughs> Moonbeams meet the sky And you and I will walk the by on by by Well, this is really winning. <laughs> Rule number 31, have a high pain tolerance. There's a friend of mine who's got a great saying about creating a company. Um, which is uh, creating, try, trying to build a company and have it succeed is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean, what tends to happen is it's sort of quite exciting for the first several months yeah. uh, of starting a company, yeah. and then then reality sets in. Things don't go as well as planned. Yeah. Customers aren't signing up. The technology or the product isn't working as well as you thought. Yeah. Um, and um, and then can, that can sometimes be compounded by a recession, um, and uh, it can be. Very, very painful for several years. Um, so I think, um, frankly, starting a company, I would advise people to have a high pain tolerance. Rule number 32, generate word of mouth. How, aside from making great products, how do you get people excited about Tesla? There's a lot of people I know and that I talk to who are just intrigued and interested and excited about Tesla as a company. The thing I really focus on at Tesla is, like, we're, we're really put all the money into and attention into trying to make the product as compelling as possible. So, because um, I think that the, really the way to um, sell any product is through word of mouth. So if, if one, somebody gets the car, they really like it, they, and, and oh, actually the key is like to have a product that people will love. Yeah. Um, and, and generally people, that, um, you know, if they're at a party or touring friends or whatever, um, you'll talk about the things that you love. But you know, if you just like something, it's okay. You're not going to care that much. But if you, you get love the reactions from the highs and the lows, yeah, so you got to make sure people it, really love you're gonna, it. Yeah. you're going to talk. You know, and, and and then that'll generate generate word of mouth. And that's basically how how our sales have, have grown. Like we don't we don't spend any money on advertising or endorsements or uh, and um, so anyone like buys our car, they just bought it because they they like the car. And you know, it's like it's genuine. Rule number thirty three: Use your own money. Zip2 happened, you sold it, and... It, uh, <laughs> and bought the McLaren, yeah. <laughs> um, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you, you invested most of that money into your next, uh, your next venture, uh, X.com. That's right. So, uh, yeah, most of, most of the funds went into X.com, which was re- later renamed uh, PayPal. That worked out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked out pretty well, but looking, looking back on it... Um, would because you put a lot of your eggs in in that basket. Would right. you would you advise entrepreneurs to roll the bones quite the way you did? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, I think I think I think it's worth investing your own capital in, in what you do. I, I don't believe in the sort of other people's money thing. Um, you know, I think if you're not willing to put your own um, assets at stake, then you shouldn't ask other people to do the, to do that. Rule number 34, ignore the competition. Well, we, we don't think too much about uh, what, what competitors are doing. Yeah. Um, just w- because I think it's important to um, be uh, f- just focused on making the best possible uh, products. Um, you know, it's sort of maybe analogous to what they say about, you know, if you're in a, com- in a, if you're, if you're in a, in a race. Yeah. Um, it's a, don't worry about what, how the other, what the other runners are doing. Yeah. Just run. Rule number 35, find your drive. We're 47. 
What is the likelihood that you personally will go to Mars? 70%. We've recently made a number of breakthroughs that, I, that I'm just really fired up about. And when does that happen? In our lifetimes? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about moving there. So it's like, so if it, it, you get the price per ticket maybe around a couple hundred thousand dollars. This could be an escape hatch for rich people. No. Your probability of dying on Mars is much higher than Earth. Really, the after going to Mars would be like Shackleton's after going to the Antarctic. It's going to be hard. Uh, there's a good chance of death. Going in a little can through deep space. You might land successfully. Once you land successfully, there will be a mat. You'll be working nonstop to build the base. Uh, Seriously, you know, not much time for leisure. And uh, once you get there, even after doing all this, uh, it's a very harsh environment. So there's a good chance you die there. Um, we think you can come back, but we're not sure. Now, does that sound like an escape hatch for rich people? And yet you would unhesitatingly go. You know, there's lots of people that climb mountains. You know why they climb mountains? Because people die on Mount Everest all the time. They like doing it for the challenge. Rule number 36, persevere. When did it occur to you that Zip2 might be a success? Well, uh, I mean, we, we, when we first started out, uh, I think our ambitions were really quite, quite low. Um, it was really to make enough money to pay the rent. Yeah, um, we, we, we got a VC so, to give us money. That was... Yay! Yeah. We, thought, we thought it was all over then. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, when we started out at 95, we, we literally, at the beginning, we had one computer, which um, would be the web server during the day, and, and then at night, I'd program on it. Um, and, and we'd sleep in the office. Yeah, we, we couldn't afford to, to yeah, have an apartment. It was cheaper to rent the office than to rent an apartment, so we just rented the office and slept in the office and showered at the showered YMCA. Showered at the YMCA. And yeah. for me, the worst part was eating a jack-in-the-box three times a day. Yeah, man, this, this is like, <laughs> I'll, I'll it's really difficult in. to get food at Palo Alto after <laughs> like 10 p.m. Um, it's like jack-in-the-box and a few other options. <laughs> so we, we rotated through the jack-in-the-box menu. Through the end of 95, that's essentially we were just sleeping in the office and chowing at the YMCA. And then, um, and then around the end of 95 is when Netscape went public. And, and then whether or not somebody knew what the Internet was, they knew that you could make money on the Internet somehow, um, or even if it's only on the greater fool theory. So uh, when we went and talked to venture capitalists in uh, early 96, there was a much greater um, interest in what we were doing. Um, in fact, the round closed in like maybe a week or something. It's crazy. Yeah, we yeah. went from sleeping in the office to people throwing... I mean, again, this is a financial crowd, so you guys see these numbers every day, but for us to hear, we'll give you $3 million Yeah, for, it sounded extremely... We thought they were crazy. Like, I why mean, would they was, do that? It was literally like, <laughs> these people are insane. They obviously do not realize we're sleeping in the office. <laughs> in fact, when they, when they did fund us... Yeah. They, they realized that we were illegal immigrants. Well, I'm yes, we were. I'd we say were. it's a gray area. Yeah, yes, we were. I, I was, yeah, we were illegal immigrants. We were sleeping in the office. We didn't have a car. We had one car, but the wheel kept falling off. But, well, actually, yeah. The, the, the wheel did actually fall off the car. Yes, exactly. Um, and, the, and the venture capitalists actually <laughs> bought us cars. Yeah, well, they, they gave us 40 grand. Um, it was 40 grand to go buy cars, which was, at the time was more money than we've ever seen. Rule number 37, make products people love. Advice I'd give to people starting companies, to entrepreneurs in general, is um, really focus on making a product that your customers love. Um, it, it's so rare that you can buy a product and, and you love the product when you, when you bought it. The, this, is, this is, there are very few uh, things that fit into that category. And if you, if you can come up with something like that, your, your business will be successful for sure. 
Rule number 38, be willing to make sacrifices. Well, I mean, Tesla really faced a severe uh, thre threat of death uh, due to the Model 3 production ramp. Essentially, the company was bleeding money like crazy, and, and just if, if we didn't solve these problems in a very short period of time, uh, we would die. Uh, and it was extremely difficult to solve them. How close to death did you come? We, you know, within single-digit weeks. 22 hours a day? Or like what, how many yeah, hours? I was working, yeah, so seven days a week, sleeping in the factory. Uh, I, worked from the, I, worked in the, I worked in the paint shop, general assembly, body shop. You ever worry about yourself imploding? Like it's just yeah, too much? Absolutely. No one should put this many hours into work. This is not good. And people should not work this hard. I'm not, they should not do this. This is too, it's very painful. Painful in what sense? It's, it, hurts my, it hurts my brain and my heart. So it's, this is not recommended for anyone. I just did it because if I didn't do it, then Tesla, good chance Tesla would die. Rule number 39, have a great team. You need a team around you to deliver a lot of idea. How do you choose your team based on what? Well, um, I suppose honestly that it tends to be gut feel more than anything else. Um, so when I interview somebody, my interview question is always the same. It's what do you just, ask? I said, tell me the story of your life and, and the decisions that you made along the way and why you made them. And then, um, if, and, it, and also tell me about some of the most difficult problems you worked on and how you solved them. And um, that, that, that question, I think, is very important because the people that really solved the problem, they know exactly how they solved it. Uh, they know the little details. And the people that pretended to solve the problem, they can maybe go one level and then they get stuck. Rule number 40, have fun. Welcome. Um, hi, Felix. Hey, Felix. <laughs> yeah, we're going to look at some memes, right? Yes. And say things that are, say funny things about them. Well, I think we rate them. Oh, we rate them. Okay, that's it's a right. review. And then we're reviewing them. Out of ten. Of course. Okay. I mean, there's some good memes here. Is this the first one? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a spoon is just a small bowl on a stick used to eat from a larger bowl. He's earnestly presenting and, this in Congress. And you can see, you can see how, how, how easy it would be to just replace that text and yes. add anything you want there. It's almost as though he wasn't saying that. So it's, yeah, I, I rate this uh, out of what, what's the scale? One to ten? Yeah. Is it one to ten? Oh, uh, I, I five, I guess. Yeah, six maybe. Maybe a six. Yeah. It's, this it's, particular. It's like a mid range. It's a mid range meme. Yeah. It, I don't think this one's got legs. Also, it's kind of tipping into the political area, which is like, yeah. I don't know, who needs it? You know what we find? The, the get off my lawn. <laughs> that would just be, get off my lawn would, that would be, be great. That would be really good. Get off, get my, off lawn. my lawn. Would, would, okay, yeah, that, that okay. I'll okay. I'll bump it up a, yeah, another yeah. number because that's a good. So I give it a six. Get off my lawn. Madagascar and Gascar. Oh, I see. So you love you love Madagascar because it's just a, such a heartwarming, wonderful film. But then Gas Car, you're like, what? I've actually never seen this movie. So. You've never seen no, Madagascar? No, no, no. It's there's a lot of lemurs. I refuse to watch any movie with the word Gas Car in it. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Uh, six but no, but really, I think I'm like, everything is six. 
How, how do you? <laughs> but 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 how do you feel about? Is, it? is that trippy? To, like for real? There's a meme of with you in it. Are you sort of like what the hell? Yeah. Or have you gotten over that and you're just like, eh? eh well, I mean, this past uh, couple years have been particularly last year. It was Meme City. Meme City. Yeah, Meme City. Uh, Man, that'd be so interesting. I've seen a lot city. of memes. Okay, now this is this is a, a, a proper quandary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A proper okay. Quandary. Okay. Would you step on Stuart Little for $18 billion? Uh, uh, <laughs> I love how poorly photoshopped. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like they just, they got a gray color and just erased whatever the hell it's like and just put him in. Yeah, you keep the only sentient mouse, or is it sentient or sentient? Uh, sentient? Sentient. Is it sentient? I said sentient. Sen- I've always said sentient. No, I've said sentient. 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 Sentient or sentient. Okay, what is this? Stop sending me this shit. Wait, that's not, that's not Post at all. Who is that guy? That's me. That's oh me. my that's God, is me. that a weird combination of you and Post? Yes. And this is a real, this is a, is this a real tweet? No. Okay, 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 okay. Man, dude, nothing, you can't that's believe any, the, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm face mashed with uh, Post Malone. That's a funny meme. That's a funny one. You could apply it not only to you, but to other celebrities yes, and yes. people. So yeah, I, I think that's a funny meme. I'm I, into I, that. I give it because it could be it could be just like a dumb drawing. It could be any, it, could, yeah. it could be so many wonderful things. I give us. I say eight. 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 Yeah, eight. eight. It's a solid yeah. eight. Whoa. Whoa. This is this, this is, is like, so meta. Me laughing at the idea of me laughing at me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Rule number forty-one: Have a strong why. The president's first space policy directive to me was go to the moon. And the word in there is sustainable. Reusability is fundamental. Um, the, the, if you, a fully reusable vehicle uh, will cost a uh, uh, hundred times less per flight than an expendable vehicle. I actually don't care at all about money at all. <laughs> uh, but I do care about us becoming space-bearing civilization. Yeah. And I do know that uh, if, if we don't uh, achieve full and rapid reusability, it will not happen. Yeah. And so that's why, that's the only reason I actually want, want money at all. What I really want to see is, you know, Permanent base on moon, on the moon. Permanently uh, occupied human base on the moon, and, and us building a city on Mars. That's like if I can see the beginning of that before I die. I'll die happy. Rule number forty-two: Don't fear failure. We're going to try to create an electric car company, but it, it wasn't as though in creating these companies that we thought that we would be successful. Um, I thought that the most likely outcome was failure, um, but. But it was still worth doing, even though the, the odds of success were low. In fact, even for, for, for SpaceX, the, originally what I started doing was not creating a rocket company, but, but actually was going to do um, a small mission to Mars, which was just a philanthropic mission where you would send a, a small greenhouse with seeds and dehydrated gel. And the, would, um, upon landing, hydrate the gel, and you'd have this cool picture of green plants on a red background. And the public tends to respond to precedents and superlatives. So this would be the first life on Mars, furthest that life's ever traveled. Um, and you'd have this great money shot of green plants on a red background. <laughs> so um, yeah, I thought that would, that would get people's attention. So, um, but, but the expectation for that was, was no return. So the expect, I, I thought we, we wouldn't get any, uh, you know, we'd just spend the money on that and it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Rule number 43, use physics principles in your thinking. I mean, the way I tend to view problems is, is from, a, from a physics standpoint. I, mean, I, think, I think physics is a good analytical framework. Um, and uh, one of the key things in, in, in physics is to reason from first principles. Um, this is contrary to the way most human reasoning takes place, which is by analogy. Um, 
Reasoning from first principles just means that you, you figure out what, what are the fundamental what, what are the fundamental truths or or things that are pretty sh people are pretty sure are fundamental truths, and and can you build up to a conclusion from from that uh, or, you know from, from those principles, and, um, uh, and and then certainly if you come up with some idea and it appears to violate one of those fundamental truths, then you're probably wrong. Um, or you should get a really big prize or something like that. Um, so uh, this may seem like, I don't know, it may, be, may seem sort of obvious when it's explained, but it's actually not what people do. Um, you, reasoning by analogies is helpful because it's a shortcut. Yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and it's mostly correct, but, but uh, it tends to be most incorrect when you're dealing with new things because it's hard to analogize to something really new. Rule number 44, make sacrifices. Well, I mean, Tesla really faced a severe... Uh, th threat of death uh, due to the Model 3 production ramp. Essentially, the, the company was bleeding money like crazy, and, and just if, if we didn't solve these problems in a very short period of time, uh, we would die. Uh, and it was extremely difficult to solve them. How close to death did you come? We, you know, within single-digit weeks. 22 hours a day? Or like what, how many hours? Uh, yeah, so seven days a week, sleeping in the factory. Uh, worked away from the, I worked in the, I worked in the paint shop. General Assembly, body shop. You ever worry about yourself imploding? Like it's just yeah, too yeah. much? Absolutely. No one should put this many hours into work. This is not good. And people should not work this hard. I'm not, they should not do this. This is very painful. Painful in what sense? It's, it, hurts my, it hurts my brain and my heart. Rule number 45, take risks. You started with a much smaller rocket, Falcon 1. And was your goal at that point, when you started with Falcon 1, to get to the point where we had 9 engines for Falcon 9? Was that your goal at that time? When I started SpaceX, I, I only thought there was maybe a 10% chance of getting Falcon 1 to orbit. I did not at all think that this would happen. Uh, so this is for sure a dream come true. Um, uh, but I, I, literally at the time, I didn't know anything about rockets. Uh, and I was, you know, I've been the chief engineer of SpaceX since day one. And I don't really know anything about rockets, which is why the first three rockets failed. Right. Um, and then... So, so the first three Falcon 1s for SpaceX yes. were failures. Yes. And then, what, the, tell me about uh, the fourth one. The, the, the fourth one, so I, I actually only had enough money for three, three flights. Um, so I had no more money left, but we managed to... to, to the, the team sort of rallied, and we managed to put together enough spare parts to, create a, to do a fourth launch. And that fourth launch was successful. Um, and. Uh, and so we, what would have happened if it wasn't successful? Oh, well, we would, SpaceX would have died. So we sure. would not be here right now, uh, at this moment, getting ready to launch Crew Dragon to the International yes. System. Rule number 46, ask the right questions. When you were in college and developing these skills, you wanted to do some things that were of benefit to humanity. Why, yeah. why did you think that? Well, because um, not everyone does. Yeah, no, uh, I guess it was, um, I had sort of an existential crisis uh, of like, what does it all mean and what's the meaning, you know, what's the meaning of life and... Um, was this 3 a.m. over a beer or this was well, more uh, serious? It probably goes back to, to high school, I guess. Uh, um, I don't want to give a laboriously long answer, but uh, I was, uh, I, I had sort of a dark childhood. It wasn't good. <laughs> um, Probably partially brought on by, by, by reading some of the philosophers. Like, D don't ever read Schopenhauer and Nietzsche if you're 14. It's, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, or or uh, Ayn Rand either. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
Um, I was just trying to find, figure out what, you know, what does it all mean. And um, um, actually, uh, when I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I think is a great work of philosophy, um, th th that sort of highlighted the point that uh, very often the, the issue is understanding what questions to ask. And if you can properly frame the question, then the answer is the easy part. Um, so I thought uh, things that uh, expand the scope and scale of human consciousness um, and allow us to better ask questions and, you know, and, and, and achieve greater enlightenment, those are good things. And so that's sort of what, what, what can we do that's going to um, most likely lead to that outcome. Rule number 47, disrupt the industry. Back in 95, there weren't very many people on the Internet. Um, and certainly nobody was making any money at all. Uh, most people thought the internet was going to be a fad. A year ago, Musk sold his software company, Zip2, which enabled newspapers to publish online for $400 million cash. Receiving cash is cash. I mean, those are just a large number of Ben Franklins. So this is an ATM. What we're going to do is transform the traditional banking industry. I do not fit the picture of a banker. This is Julie. Raising $50 million is a matter of making a series of phone calls. And the money is there. I've sunk the great majority of, of my net worth into X.com, which is the new banking and mutual funds company on the internet that I've started. Big, big X. Exactly. X.com. I think X.com could absolutely be a, a multi-billion dollar bonanza. Because if you look at the industry that X is pursuing, it's the biggest sector of the world economy. I mean, what you've got going on with the internet is it's basically like an earthquake where the epicenter is Silicon Valley and it's it's shaking up the whole world. Rule number 48, have people you admire. You've been compared to Henry Ford, Richard Branson, um, <laughs> you know, Steve Jobs. Uh, who do you compare yourself to? Um, I don't really compare myself to anyone. Um, I mean, it's not... Um, I mean, there's certain people that I admire from history that I think are you know, I think are great. Um, sort of certainly many of the scientists and engineers and literary figures and so forth. Um, and, uh, like, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of uh, Ben Franklin, you know, who's a scientist and sort of thinker. And yeah, I mean, he was the kind of guy who, who did, did, did what needed to be done, you know. So like, guys like that, I right. wouldn't say I compare myself in any way, but I, I certainly admire them. Rule number 49, push the frontier. Well, I think part of the, the problem, the reason people aren't as excited about space is that we haven't been pushing the frontier as much. Um, and so you can, only, you can only watch the same movie so many times and it, before it gets a little boring. Um, and, you know, in, in, the, in the 60s and early 70s, we were really pushing the frontier of, of human spaceflight. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously, those land, landing on the moon is regarded as one of the greatest achievements of humanity, of, of arguably of life itself. Um, and, and even though only a handful of people went to the moon, vicariously, we all went there. Well, at least I wasn't alive at the time, so, but retrospectively. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it, was, it was just one of those really inspiring things that I think make, made everyone glad to be uh, you know, human. You know, it's like the things that we... We're, we don't, they're, they're bad things, human ideas, and they're, they're good things, and, and this is one of the good things. Um, and I, I do think it's important that, that we have these inspiring things that uh, uh, make you glad to get up in the morning and, um, and, that, that, uh, and, and, and glad to be a member of the human race. Uh, and and, and we, need to, we need to push that, that, that frontier. Um, so, um, and, and I think uh, the, the great goal we should be trying to pursue is 
trying to make life human, uh, li- make make life multiplanetary. Mm-hmm. So to to establish a self-sustaining uh, and growing uh, civilization on another planet, uh, Mars being the only realistic possibility, um, and uh, and I think that would just be one of the greatest things humanity could ever try to do. And rule number fifty, the last one before a very special bonus clip, is make things happen. From the first explorers who ventured off our planet to those who have risked their lives in pursuit of furthering our understanding of the universe, the astronauts and engineers behind the U.S. space program have spent decades advancing space technology. But building rockets was expensive. By the early 2000s, the U.S. space program was struggling, and a mission to Mars was hard to imagine. The space shuttle spreads its wings one final time for the start of a sentimental journey into history. It was then that a young entrepreneur had a revolutionary idea. With SpaceX, what we're trying to do is achieve a huge advancement in rocket technology. If you look at rocket technology, it actually got worse over time. In 1969, we were able to go to the moon. And then with the space shuttle, we were only able to go to low Earth orbit. And then the space shuttle went away. And then we weren't able to go to orbit from the United States. So like, that's a negative trend line. It's not like you can extrapolate that trend line into the future and it gets good. It's a trend line to zero. So if it's not going to come from the government, then it's got to come from a private company. Now I have a special bonus tip from Elon Musk on how to ask great questions that I think you're going to enjoy. But before that, it's time for the three-point landing questions. Let's go from just watching a video to taking action. Here we go. Question number one. What difficulty do you have right now that you just need to persevere through? Number two, what's the fear that you fear too much? And number three, where do you need to be more of an adventurer? And if you promise to take action after watching this video, we don't just watch videos anymore, we do something after watching them. Give me a hashtag believe down in the comments, make that promise to yourself, and then get to work. Innovation comes from questioning the way things have been done before. Yeah. Um, and if in the education system you're, you're taught not to do that, that will inhibit uh, entrepreneurship. Being able to question what you're being taught. Being able to... Yeah. I yeah. mean, just, uh, you know, saying, well, is there a better way? Yeah. Um, you know, to ask that question. And that was Elon Musk. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, let me know on social media. Come say hi on Instagram, Axel Shura. Um, it's always great to meet like-minded people. I have an incredible community of really positive people. And as you know, it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded, positive people. So come say hi. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, my friends. Hey, 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 I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.